There was some other changes that were announced for the Residential Tenancies Act. The key ones in there was that they're going to limit rental increases to one time per year. They're making it so that you can't encourage rent bidding. Immigrants are still favouring Perth, very attractive with low house prices and low unemployment and overall fabulous lifestyle for families. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management, sales and buyers agency servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here's your host, Jared Mann. Now, when we take a look at the Perth sale market, we're actually at our lowest number of properties for sale on record, certainly ever since I've been recording for the last 10 years. We've got just 5,084 properties for sale. And that's a massive 38% decrease since the same time last year. So, so little for sale. The market's so tight. Every time a property comes on, it's selling very quickly. And when we look at what's being sold each week, we're maintaining a very high level of sales at an average of 900 odd sales per week over the last month. And that's a 5.8% increase on the weekly sales since the same time last year. So the combination of continued demand and even increasing demand on the same time last year, lesser supply, or what's that going to do for prices? It's continuing to increase them. And when we look at the sale inventory, which is how many months of stock we've got in the cupboard at the current rate of properties being bought, we've got a new low of 1.4 months sale inventory, which is a 42% decrease on the same time last year. So that really goes to show the measure of just how little there is available to meet the demand. Now, the stat that I keep scratching my head on is the median house price because at the top level, what the median for Perth shows is that we've only increased from 540 to 565 over the last year. And when you look at any individual suburb, and I'm seeing, you know, on individual sales of properties, I'm selling properties sometimes 10% above any recent sale that's occurred. I'm setting records in many suburbs and putting all of my sales skills to work to achieve some really great results and just seeing how much things are increasing on a per sale basis. So I just can't understand how the median at the top level is not reflecting a higher increase over the last year when I'm seeing such strong increases at the suburb and property level. All I can think of is a lot of the action must be tilted down towards the lower price points where people are chasing affordability and rental yield. And it, think about it, if the median is half the properties are selling above that price and half the properties are selling below. So if the median's staying relatively flat, it must mean that there's a lot more action towards that 400, 450, 500 price point, keeping the median pinned down as opposed to as many transactions in the upper end. And as we saw, the market's so tight that if so few are selling in the upper end, then those median prices are, are not translating through to showing up on the actual median price. So currently 565. Don't be fooled by these top level numbers. You need to look deeper and you need to look at a suburb down at the suburb and property level. And uh, that's what I'd be suggesting. A lot of investors hold back until they see 
the median for the whole city increasing and by the to- substantially and by the time they get to that point they've missed the boat so the median unit price is showing a marginal decrease in the unit price from 410 i believe at the same time last year to 400k now i'm still not seeing much heat in the unit market especially in high density uh, apartments i am seeing more heat in villas and lower density now with a lot more demand from people that are getting priced out of houses and investors are starting to look at villas and lower density options so that's definitely starting but i'm still finding that the perth's east perth's west perth high density apartments is still a real struggle to sell and have to be priced sharply in order to get the interest and if you don't uh, sell in the first couple of weeks you can miss the market and uh, go stale very quickly in those areas still so median land price is slightly up on the same time last year not much land being transacted still and there's not too many other conclusions to draw from that when we look at the median selling days we've hit a new all-time low certainly in the 10 odd years that i've been recording things and re has been recording it and we're at just nine days median to sell and that's really quick so basically everything is selling in the first week for houses and you know it's very rare that a property gets to the second week many properties are selling before the first time open if we get any really exciting offer that can't be turned down then the owner's considering it I had one on the weekend which is you know fifty thousand above anything else that had recently sold so the owner accepted that before the weekend, still let everyone know that it inquired and gave them a chance to put an offer in, had the walkthrough video for them to see and the floor plan so they could make decisions. And a lot of the East Coast investors are just chucking in offers, not inspecting the properties at all, and they're comfortable to make an offer off of the floor plan and video. So Perth rental market now, things are just as tight over here. We've had six, we've got such little properties for rent. It's the lowest on my keeping of records at 1,647. It's a further 7% down on the same time last year. And of our 950 properties that we have under management, we've got just nine properties, 11 properties rather for rent at the moment. So, so little for rent at any one time. And the rental vacancy rate is hovering still at just 0.6%, which is a 33% decrease since the same time last year. And our vacancy rate for our portfolio is zero. So that means basically we have nothing vacant. When we look at the median rent for houses, my data sources, uh, which is a bit more advanced on where Rewa is at, Rewa tends to lag a lot. So my data sources are show- at Rent Find I use is showing that Perth median's at six hundred dollars per week now, which I would agree with. This is a further twenty percent increase on the same time last year, and the average rent for our portfolio has hit five hundred and sixteen dollars per week. So. I'd expect that our average property under management still has at least a 15 to 20% increase over the next six months to flow through to. And there has been a lot of talk in the media about rising rents and the pain that's causing. I certainly understand that. But I also wanted to take a bit of a, did a bit of analysis. And when I've looked at the actual increase, 
and how that has averaged out over the last 10 years. 10 years ago, our average rent was at $450 a week. We're now at $600 a week. So the average uh, annual increase over that 10 years comes to 2.9%. Now, at different points in over this decade, inflation has actually been way higher than the 2.9%. So I get that there's a lot of pain. I get that there's been a pretty steep increase since 2020 when we were at our all-time low of 350 odd dollars per week but in reality rents should be at this sort of level a three percent average annual increase when we look at over the whole of the last decade is not that great and arguably you know rents should be increasing at least one or two percent above where inflation has been so i'd expect that you know the market is due and is supporting of higher rents and they're certainly going to be going higher because there's no change coming to the supply there's uh, more investors still selling than there are buying latest stats and check out one of my last episodes on why are local investors late or leaving the party that's a really good one to dive into if you haven't listened to it yet and overall uh you know, from the supply point of view, we've got increasing demand still from migrants. So it's going to keep pushing the rents up. And um, I'm expecting at least a 10% increase over the next year as well. So rental inventory, we're at a crazy low level of 0.72 of a month, a slightly increased inventory since the same time last year, but only marginal. And now when we take a look at the property clock, I noticed here in Todd White, Sneaky Devils, they had uh, Perth as approaching the peak of market and uh, in my last update in May, I said I didn't really agree with that because I thought we had much longer to go in our cycle, at least another one to two years. And they've uh, subsequently lowered, uh, rever you know, reversed wound back time on Perth and the southwest of WA and put it as a rising market again. So I'd certainly agree with that positioning. But other changes that have happened to some of our other capitals, which is always worth noting how the flow of uh, migrants and investors uh, works between the capitals, we can see that Melbourne's moved around to bottom of the market, Geelong in that area to a Victoria around to bottom of market. And we've had Sydney move around to start of recovery. So we're seeing increases in Sydney again. And Adelaide has been moved around to peak of the market, which I definitely agree with. Brisbane is still around in a declining market. So that had a real big increases. And their local uh, state, their state government has been messing, obviously, with land tax and other things that have put investors off. So that's all added to them being in a declining market. and. And that's where I'd expect that to be as well. So for units, you can see that Perth's still around in a rising market. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the the units, it's very two speed with the lower density doing well and the higher density really just treading water still. You can see that Sydney's moved around to start of recovery for units and there's been no other major changes there. So now when we look around at how the various capital cities compare according to CoreLogic's index. 
The three-month change in their index for Perth is showing a 2.9% change over the last three months. And interestingly enough, it more or less puts Perth around the middle of the pack and saying Adelaide's had a 3.4% change, Brisbane a 4.2% change, Melbourne a 1.6% and Sydney a 38 So again, I just don't see how this correlates with what I'm seeing in a suburb and property level. And um, I'm looking across sort of all price points and yes, the bottom end of our market is doing much better than the upper end, but there's, I'm still seeing increases in the upper end. So again, don't just take these indexes with a grain of salt. What was showing negative in the indexes was Hobart with minus 0.5 and Darwin and Canberra were more subdued at 1.6% change in, for Darwin and 0.5% for Canberra. When we look at the 12-month changes in the index, Perth is showing the highest capital city change at 4.5%, certainly been much, much higher than that in the majority of suburbs and individual properties. When we look at other capitals, Adelaide's had 2.2% and it's showing Brisbane is being down 3%, Melbourne down 2.3% and Sydney up one2 So that's a little bit more of a more accurate reflection. But again, you've got to look through to suburb and property levels and not just take the, the top level. When we look at CoreLogic's index by the price segments for the last three months, we can see that the lower end is showing a higher growth rate at 4.2% change. The, the middle sort of 50th percentile of prices is showing three and a half percent for Perth and one and a half percent for the top end. And that's more in, in line with what I'm expecting and seeing. And it, it's strange that it's so out of whack at, when we go to the overall median. And when we consider the bottom end doing 4.2 in three months, that puts us on track for a 12% plus growth for the bottom end over a year. And that's definitely more in line with what I'm seeing on the ground. And this was another stat that uh, seemed to contradict the the top level median house price changes as well. This goes into the SA3 markets, which is sort of larger council areas. What has been the highest 12-month value changes across the entire country? And in this list, we've got Mandra topping the list at 12.2%, and that's the Mandra council area. We've then got Armadale third down the list at 11.1%, Rockingham fourth at 11.12%. We've got our Pilbara featuring in there, and we've also got Gosnells and Quinana in the the top you know, council areas too. So out of these top two, four, six, eight, ten, we've got two, three, four, five, six out of the top ten growth by local council area, and that's uh, certainly a lot more representative of what's going on here on the ground. Now, let's take a look at the capital city rental yields, and pr probably no surprise that Perth has had the strongest increase in rents over the last year, with 13.7% increase according to their CoreLogix data. My data for the median uh, rent showing a 20% increase, as I just mentioned, which I think is more accurate. And most of the capitals have all had, you know, higher single digit increases with 
Melbourne having a pretty decent 13% and Sydney having 11.8%. And when we look at where does that leave the rental yields, well, Perth still has a very solid 4.9% rental yield, second only to Darwin, which has a 6.6% rental yield. And then when we're looking in Sydney and Melbourne, they're 3.1 and 3.5 respectively. So when you consider where interest rates are now, it's no wonder that investors are coming to Perth, chasing the higher rental yields, having less a shortfall on their properties, and our lower price points make it more manageable and easier to buy in, more affordable to buy in at just the pure price point that you're entering, and then the holding uh, income's going to be better. So now let's go into some of the factors that are affecting our market and driving things. I always like to start with the economic clock for Australia. It's never a super accurate thing, but at least it gives you an idea as to how all of these things come together in our economy from we've got interest rates, we've got commodities, we've got tightening of or availability of money supply, we've got share prices, and we've got property all in that economic clock mix. And at the moment, I'm sort of putting us at somewhere between six and seven o'clock where we've still got falling, we're coming out of falling real estate values in the major capitals. We The next phase of this clock is for falling interest rates. We haven't got to that part of the cycle yet. So as soon as we sort of hit that uh, flowing around from there, we would normally then start seeing rising share prices after interest rates drop, rising commodity prices, rising reserves and easier money and rising of real estate values. So all of that is is really what I'm expecting to come in, in, the, in the coming years. Now, when we look at finance and what's happened to the RBA's cash rate, the target rate has been sitting at 4.1% over the last three months with the RBA choosing to hold interest rates which has been good because they're giving time to see you know the changes of of their aggressive rises in interest rates to flow through and what impact they're having on inflation and when we look at the ASX 30 day interbank uh, futures it's basically the what what is the market predicting for interest rates ahead and they're predicting things to cap out at 4.2%. We're currently at 4.1%, so maybe another marginal increase according to the ASX market of what people are predicting. And they're predicting things to really start decreasing towards the end of next year now. So this is just a, a gives you a feeling for what the market's expecting. And when we look at our current uh, cash rate being at 4.1%, we are above the neutral cash rate, which is typically considered to be 2 to 3%. So that is putting pressure on households, is hurting all of us that have got loans. And you know, certainly worth chatting to your finance broker if you're paying anywhere above 6 to 7% is where most of your loans should fit. Even a half a percent de- you know, decrease in your loan interest rate can make a big difference to your bottom dollar. So that's why a lot of brokers are doing refinance work at the moment uh, continuously for people. And when we look around at 
the latest stats for homeowner lending by state. We've seen a continual and gradual decrease in homeowner lending for Perth. Looking around at the other states, Queensland sort of continued to decrease. We've seen continual decreases in the other capitals too. So everywhere out of the capitals is sort of continuing to come off for home buyers. Hasn't been any major changes since we last looked. When we look at the investor lending, and this is stats to July, which is the most recent we can get stats to, we've actually seen a bit of an uptick in investor lending in Perth. Haven't broken out of our previous high yet which was looks to have been set in 2021. But we're certainly trending upwards and trending uh, towards that now. So as I uh, covered in my previous episode on why are local investors late or leaving the party, I'm expecting rather than a super high peak of investor activity, I'm expecting it to be more long and drawn out. And for that to sustain our growth period and make it a bit more uh, sustainable. So that's certainly showing up to be the case in the investor lending. Now, I haven't got first home buyer lending, so I'm they didn't actually report it at ABS. So I didn't want to go back and use old data. So we'll just check on that next time I do my quarterly update and see where first home buyers are at. But I expect that that will have continued to decrease in line with its trend in the past. Now, the inflation, where are we at with that? So we've got this target range of 2 to 3% for inflation. We have this thing called the Consumer Price Index, which gives us a guide for what the average basket of goods and services is costing people. And they try to check the change in how these prices increase. And basically, this you know average price of things, when the average prices increase, that's what we call inflation. So we're currently at 6% inflation, and that's in the year to June. And when we look at the quarterly percentage changes, we can see for the September quarter, which is, sorry, for the June quarter, the most recent uh, quarter, it was just 0.8%. And when we annualize that, we're really only looking at 3.2%, and that's just about within the target band of 2 to 3%. So it seems to be working, all these uh, interest rate rises, and we seem to be getting to within that target band. We hit a high of inflation at 7.8%, and that was the annualised figure, and we're trending back down, and it's all looking you know, like things are working. So hopefully there won't be any further interest rate rises and that they've done their job. When we look at the stock market and thinking back to the economic clock, I just like to go into each of these different areas so we can see where they're landing on the on the clock and, and help guide us when the clock moves around. The one-year change in the all-ordinaries on the ASX, we're down 22%. So it's since I came to you in May, we've had quite a steep decreases and we've and things have continued to decrease so a fair bit of pain in the stock market there and that's in part why people are moving and chasing their money towards more stable assets such as property and that property's holding up a lot better than the stock market is uh, through this period now economic forecasts for WA 
the last time this was released was in May, and all the numbers that were being predicted for the next uh, one year, two years, three years are all looking very positive still. They're expecting a slight increase to the unemployment rate. Uh, interestingly enough, they were only expecting a 1.8% increase in the population, and we've had a much higher increase in that, which I'll go into in a minute, and everything else was looking very solid. So solid fundamentals for what's forecasted for WA. Now, I have also been keeping an eye on the iron ore price, which is a key commodity for WA. And we've been slowly sort of drifting back upwards since I came to you in May. So some slight increases by around 20 odd percent. So that's pretty reasonable. And we're even though we're not at the super high level, crazy high levels that we saw, you know, back during COVID, we're still at relatively high levels for our iron ore price. So that should still be giving good stability to our overall mining, one of our biggest mining exports. Now, I'd hinted to you a minute ago that our population growth figures were in for March and there's a big lag on how these are reported, but already we are now seeing that Western Australia had 78,000 uh, population change over the last over the year to March, which is massive higher than any of the past uh, population growth figures that I remember reporting to you on in a specific episode a while back. And the change over the last year was 2.8%. The government was only predicting 1.8%, so that's a considerable increase in what was predicted. And it's the highest level and change for any other uh, state in Australia. And which basically shows we're getting a much higher percentage of the migrants uh, coming to Western Australia for a whole variety of reasons. And I expect that to continue. When we look at how that migration is made up, the net overseas migration has been the largest component for our migration here in WA. We're getting still some at net interstate migration and we've had a reasonable natural increase. In terms of actual numbers, the majority still at the moment going to New South Wales, followed by Victoria, followed by Queensland. But in terms of actual percent of total current population, we are topping the list. So what sort of policy changes and impacts have been occurring? At the federal level, you've probably seen some real arm wrestling going on between the Greens and the current Labor government with Labor trying to get through their future Housing Australia Future Fund, and they finally got it passed. The Greens were trying to hold them to ransom, and one of the things they were demanding was to have rental freezes, and it's great to see that's opposed by all state and territory governments and that the federal government hasn't bent over and given them what they want on that, but they did uh, make some concessions with putting extra money towards social housing. Uh, I think it was an extra billion-odd dollars uh, towards social housing. But uh, look, this is certainly going to help and provide to those that are more in need. But the reality also is that it's going to be very hard to deliver on this. It's going to continue to fuel the building uh, shortages. And 
by taking the builders towards the social and affordable homes, which is where it's arguably needed most. It's also going to make building for the average person very difficult as well. And really, there's, hopefully they can find some ways to free up the bottleneck and where are the potential bot- bottlenecks? Well, policy and red tape and getting approvals, uh, potential land availability and supply. But probably the biggest one is not having enough workers and needing uh, more skilled migrants. So hopefully we can continue to attract people that are going to help that industry and enable this to be delivered upon and also the supply to be increased to, I guess, offset the crazy levels of migration that we're getting. Now, what has been happening at the policy level for WA, the WA state government's come out and said that the no grounds termination is definitely to stay in the Residential Tenancies Act. There was some other changes that were announced in the the for the Residential Tenancies Act, which is likely to be to be going through sometime next year. We don't know yet know when, but the key ones in there was that they're going to limit uh, rental increases to one time per year. Uh, they're making it so that you can't encourage rent bidding which is not a big deal. And some other things in there is that they're allowing, going to allow tenants to make minor changes to properties and to allow pets with exceptions to both of these being permitted and they're still working out the details of how uh, these exceptions will be worked out. But see episode 131 for some more details on those RTA changes that are announced. And overall, I was very positive to see that compared to the other states and some of the things that are being proposed there, we've ended up with some of the more reasonable overall uh, changes proposed. And I'm feeling, I think investors should be very confident and encouraged by that. Now, we've also seen that they've put a hold on the rollout of the Aboriginal Heritage Act to much opposition. There's a lot of, uh, you know, people upset about uh, what was proposed in that and a hold's also been put on the medium density R codes see episode 144 with anton where we have a bit of a chat about each of these things but in short with um mark mcgowan stepping down as our leader uh, for the state government we've had the new premier come in he's kind of walked into the middle of all this and at least he seems to be listening to industry and stakeholders and uh, he's put a hold on these rolling out while he gets greater consultation but it's really left property development all up in the air and when I referred to red tape and issues with getting approvals this is in part what I was referring to and it's uh, each of these things is making the landscape harder and a lot of people are in limbo while it's being worked out. So tips to survive and thrive. I always say focus on buying the best quality of property you can without any major negatives and it can be easy to succumb to pressure and make concessions and just make sure you're not trading off on the wrong things at the moment when purchasing. Take the opportunity to get in now before everyone wakes up to Perth and the confidence returns around interest rates either being clear that they're stable or starting to decrease and I think that'll really fuel property markets again when they start to decrease whenever that is and there's still great buying and exceptional rental yields on offer in perth 
and speak to us about our buyer's agency service because we're getting some really great results for our clients there. It's a very competitive landscape out there with you know 20 to 30 buyers being uh, common at most home opens. You need to know the questions to ask and have the skills to position yourself and get in front of the other buyers as well as being able to assess the value, know how much to pay and know when to walk away. And that's some, a lot of value that we can add to people with the skills that we've got in those areas. And then, of course, suburb selection is very key to ensuring that your property that you buy is going to perform and have the best chance of performing in the short term as well as the long term. And it's going to have strong rentability. So speak to us about our buyer's agency service. I'll give you the link in a minute to check out some background. If you've got existing rental properties, continue to increase the rents so that you can offset interest rate rises. We need to be mindful with those Residential Tenancies Act changes, limiting uh, rental increases to once per year, that we really want to be passing on the full rental increase now because it could be another, once once the uh, legislation passes, it'll be a full another year before you can make changes, whereas at the moment we increase rents every six months. And, you know, you, I would be proposing the full increase. Your tenants can always come back to you and let you know their situation or where they're at, but it's they have to move. They've got moving costs and they're going to have the same rent to pay somewhere else. So also consider getting our strategic portfolio plan to have clarity on how best to create your wealth and reach your goals. We've had a lot of extra clients that we're working with this month to create a plan and I'm really excited to see the difference that it's making in people's worlds and just having that clarity with how best to go about it. So my crystal ball, I expect that rents will continue to increase over the next 12 months with a further 10% rise. Immigrants are still favouring Perth, very attractive with low house prices and and low unemployment and you know overall fabulous lifestyle for families. And it's really encouraging to see the uh, migration stats and population growth stats supporting what I thought to be the case. We've got more investors continuing to buy here, attracted to the low price and high rental yields with good prospects for growth over the next one to two years still. Solid economic fundamentals. And I expect at least 5 to 10% growth for inner areas and at least 10 to 15% growth for most outer areas. For further help, if you want an updated uh, an appraisal, if you're wondering where your values are at and you want thinking about refinancing to purchase again, or if you're thinking about selling, get in touch. Um, head to investorsedge.com.au slash appraisal. For our property management, of course, we're one of the most award-winning and highly rated property managers in Australia. Team do a fabulous job on that side. Head to investorsedge.com.au. And if you're not already receiving my property investor update, get on over to investorsedge.com.au slash join. And finally, for details of our buyer's agency and strategic portfolio plans, head to investorsedge.com.au slash invest. Hope you've enjoyed today's Perth property market update. Thanks for having me in your ears. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, head on across to either Spotify and iTunes and give us a review or rating. That really helps other people find the episode. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Just a reminder, the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature 
As we don't know your specific situation, you should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market reports on your suburb of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorshedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group. To be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group. Thank you.